0: we may shut down these parts of ourselves, these important parts of ourselves. And then we learn that we can only be accepted if we're nice or if we're getting good grades or if we're performing well at work. That's how I get accepted, that's how I get love.
1: Welcome back to the Speaking and Communicating Podcast. I am your host, Robert Angela. If you are looking to improve your communication skills, both professionally and personally, This is the podcast you should be tuning into. Communication and soft skills are crucial for your career growth and leadership development. We are currently looking for professionals or entrepreneurs who would be willing to discuss their communication challenges on this show. All the details of booking a spot with me are found on the show notes. And by the end of this episode, please log on to Apple and Spotify and leave us a rating and a review. Now let's get communicating. Now let's get communicating with Noel Koons, all the way from Utah. Hi, Noel.
0: Hi, Roberta. Great to be here with you.
1: Thank you for being here. Welcome to the show. So, Noel is the founder of Volition Counseling. Sorry, Volition Counseling. He helps adults teens, families, and couples with their mental health needs, and so much more that we'll talk about on this episode. So welcome. Tell us a little bit where you are and how it is there.
0: Thank you very much. Great to be here with you. And it's uh, not a surprise that you, Roberta, are, are doing what you're doing and doing it like so well and connecting with so many people. Uh, I'm glad to be one of the people you're connecting with. So what I do is I'm a clinical mental health counselor here in Utah, uh, in the Salt Lake City area. And as mentioned, I work with uh, adults, teenagers, their families. It's been interesting with COVID and how kind of the shift that COVID has made and how it's exposed some mental health vulnerabilities or, or needs that we as people have And so I'm working with a lot of individuals and families, trying to help them move through things with their mental health so that they can grow as human beings, but also be better and do better and and get their own needs met in relationships as well.
1: Let me just clarify for our listeners. When you said you're not surprised by what I do, Nola is an old friend we met 20 years ago, I think in South Africa. Yeah,
0: about, about 20 years ago, yeah.
1: Right, so that's why, you know, in case someone is wondering why you made that comment, and thank you, by the way. Yes, mental health, especially since COVID. When did you start your work through Volition Counseling?
0: I started Volition in 2015, just kind of on the side, getting my own business going and creating, being able to express some of my own ideas and approach, and working again with individuals and families. And all the while, I was working with primarily in long-term treatment facilities, whether it's wilderness therapy or what's called residential treatment centers, where people come from all over the country and spend a decent amount of time really working on their mental health to expand and to grow in the areas that they need to grow in, in order to kind of move forward well in their lives. So that was more intensive. And now I've gone fully to focusing on volition counseling, but also do you know retreats from time to time, typically like a five-day retreat mm-hmm. here in the, the mountains of Utah near Park City. And so I do those from time to time as well. So it's nice getting a little bit of a different forum. Yes, getting into the therapeutic depths in both arenas, so to speak. But it's a little bit different being with someone for, you know, many hours of the day for five days or a group of people versus typically working with someone once a week in therapy. Mm -hmm. So each one have their value. And I like a little variety in my life so Mm -hmm. mixing that up here and there
1: yeah here's the thing about mental health and i hope i'm not sounding ignorant if you say i feel that i have a mental health challenge right now before it obviously gets worse and it's so apparent what are some of the signs a person starts to experience or how do you start to feel when you think something is not okay for me mentally?
0: Mm, great question. And and I'm with you as in getting ahead of it. You know, if we wait till something is, is full blown, then that's a, a pretty difficult time to begin working on it. And so seeing the early signs can be very valuable. Some of the early signs are, depending on the personality, you may find yourself avoiding certain things. It may be avoiding social engagements. it may be avoiding work. It may be avoiding old hobbies that you've enjoyed Ooh. For specifically depression, people tend to feel what's called a, a lack of pleasure doing things that have historically given them pleasure, you know, like a great meal or uh, having a fun time at the game or the amusement park or whatever people enjoy doing where those things that previously gave them enjoyment they've just kind of flatlined. Like it's it's neutral. It used to be my favorite thing and yeah. now it's it's just humdrum. That can be an additional sign. Another way we avoid, speaking of the avoidance, we may avoid by overworking, overdoing it, over exercising. And through that, we may be avoiding some important things that may be coming up, often emotional things that may be coming up. So we distract, right? We avoid through distraction, overworking, over-exercising, over-socializing, binge-watching Netflix or whatever it may be. And so we don't have to, or attend to that thing that is agitating us, right? Mm. So these are a handful of kind of the early signs for adolescence. If I can touch upon that. Yes, please do. You know, for all the parents out there, they may be concerned about their teenagers, you know, how they're doing, what's going on. I mean, you can look at a a number of things. One is you may notice a, a drastic change in friendships. All the friends you used to hang out with, you're not hanging out with them anymore. And you're hanging out with a new group or you're spending a lot of time at home, which for teenagers, developmentally, their world should be expanding, right? Including yeah. and especially socially, right? Expanding and, and friendships and relationships with romantic potential. Adolescence is this time of expansion, okay. and so if they're spending a lot of time at home, you know, hunkered down, perhaps on their phones, that can be a sign that they may be struggling in some way. You may notice things at school, like if they're they've been a strong student, they may be uh, shakier, you know, or getting lower marks
1: with the grades.
0: Yeah, grades, right? See what I did there? I went to marks. That's a South that, okay. African. <laughs> but yeah, here in the U.S., grades, grades or marks, whichever. Both.
1: But yes, avoidance. Does that mean every time you avoid something, it's because it's probably traumatic? It probably triggers something in you. Is that why you avoid it?
0: Not necessarily. Of course, we're human beings, and we like some things, and we dislike some things and you know lending to your question sometimes we dislike things because of a deeper more important reason or maybe we like things for a, for a deeper more important reason yeah there could be a, a a number of things the worst part about my job is paperwork it's the paperwork i have to do <laughs> right? right i i haven't had any like traumatic experiences really that i can recall with paperwork but it's just kind of the drudgery of it. And so I have some avoidance around that, but there's not necessarily anything traumatic with it. That Mm -hmm. said, certainly we can avoid things, especially thinking of it, not necessarily as avoiding a specific activity, but we may avoid a certain emotional state.
1: How we feel when we do the thing we're thinking needs to be done. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: exactly exactly and anxiety is a common emotional state with a common behavior of avoidance we may go to social anxiety as an example so we may go to this social event we may go out and we may experience some anxiety just being around people in a moderately chaotic place and what many people do is they like retreat you know mm-hmm. avoid and then they kind of habitually avoid the distressful or anxiety-inducing situation. But I'll propose that it's not necessarily the situation that is causing the anxiety. What I propose is the anxiety exists within a person because of possibly unresolved trauma, possibly different things, and it manifests. It finds a target. So it may be, oh, I'm anxious about going to class. I avoid going to class. Or the anxiety exists, and then it finds the target in, oh, class is making me anxious. Or this social activity, or doing a chore, doing a task, doing my taxes. This is causing me to be anxious. It may be contributing in some way, but many of us have experienced anxiety, and then it finds its targets. So the important thing is to perhaps take care of ourselves. You know, avoidance is an adaptation. So it's not necessarily bad, right? But the important thing is to perhaps dig in and understand why we're anxious. Why am I experiencing anxiety? Of course, in these different situations, but really doing some deeper work to understand that that about myself rather than avoiding certain situations and making my world smaller and smaller Mm
1: -hmm. which
0: happens tends to happen with anxiety the world becomes smaller and smaller but learning to do the deeper work
1: yes because here's the thing about anxiety one as you mentioned the different scenarios some things we may consider not such a big deal and then you'll have somebody being anxious about flying which a lot of us are I love traveling. Don't get me wrong. But every time I go to the airport, there's always that little thing. But obviously Mm. it's not to the extent that you described which some of your clients deal with. Now, let's talk about how when you realize that this has become a pattern in your life, what do you do next when you realize it's not just that I avoid this or this triggers something in me. I've realized that it's really becoming a pattern. I need to do something about it.
0: yeah, great question. That's where I invite every, everyone I work with to try to practice bringing a heavy dose of curiosity to their own experience and I can um, unpack that a bit versus we often are very uh, self-critical you know if if we find we're habitually doing things that aren't healthy or aren't working for us, or we we may feel shame around it. Mm. Oh, We're often self-critical. You know, we criticize ourselves. Oh, I'm I'm so stupid. I'm doing the thing again. Oh, how did I get here? I'm in the same pattern. So curiosity, sincere curiosity, is the antidote to criticism or being judgmental. So if we can be curious with ourselves, and say, ask sincerely, why am I in the same pattern? Perhaps what's contributing to this? How did I get here? And what may I need to work on in order to disrupt the old pattern, the old habits that I have? And of course, it helps to do that with another person. Here's a little shameless plug, like with a therapist, right? Yeah. Where you're gaining insight because all of us do foolish things, silly things, objectively. We all do. do. (laughs) We all do. And we all do them for good reason. There are good, solid, understandable reasons why we do the things we do once we take the time and effort to actually understand ourselves and others. But it takes work and time in order to do that, in order to understand, why am I doing... The same thing. Why am I always getting into choosing the wrong partner in a relationship? Why am I always
1: Because dating um, sucks. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: there it is. There's the simple no, no, truth. No, 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 Enough no, no. Said. listen to me. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> yeah. Or or why am I always, you know, the doormat at work? Why don't I share my opinions? Why do I uh, talk over people or why, why do I get so angry with these little things or whatever it may be? Those are great questions if we come with sincere curiosity. I propose they're not great questions if they're just criticisms wrapped in a question, but they're yes. actually a criticism. Because you
1: feel worse then, yeah. On your website, you write about emotional and psychological needs. Is there a difference between the two, and then we'll get to the sixth psychological needs?
0: No, just the same. Yeah, same thing. It can just be used interchangeably. Hmm. So psychological needs, emotional needs, the same thing. I prefer psychological needs because it it's more inclusive. Right. Know, psychological can include mental, emotional, perhaps even spiritual needs that we may that we may have.
1: And are they common no matter which part of the world you're from, no matter which culture you're from, or are they psychological needs specific to Americans that, as a South African, I might, I might not be familiar with or relate to?
0: Mm, we'll see right now if they resonate <laughs> with you. <laughs> but it, in my experience, they're very human, you know, mm. for not just. American or Canadian or South African or Korean or elsewhere, that these fit us as human beings. These are essential for us to function well in life and to feel as though we're doing well and possibly even thriving. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so I'm happy to list these and dive in. Yes, please. I was going to ask you next. If if now is a good time. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: so... As I list these and unpack these, you know, your podcast is about speaking and communicating, right? you know, effectively, clearly in a variety of settings, you know, including at work and professionally. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And these psychological needs are kind of the foundational piece for effective communication. Right. So I'll list these probably several times in the next few minutes, just because repetition is a helps us learn.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: So the first is understanding, where I have a sense of being understood, right? And it's a subjective sense, as in I have this inner sense where I, I either feel understood or misunderstood or partially understood. But the first psychological need, feeling understood. Second, feeling accepted. Mm third connection fourth a sense of safety and security mm-hmm. fifth a sense of power and control and sixth is a sense of mastery mastery being i sense that i'm good at some things in my own life like oh i'm i'm good at that i have i have a sense of that and also this sense that oh if i work at something if i study if i practice I can improve yeah i can do these things i can grow at it and so all of these are subjective within us you know as in you can tell me all day that you totally understand me as i'm speaking but i won't truly believe you unless i sense that within myself
1: that's with you first exactly mm.
0: exactly and with these six psychological needs we Ideally meet them both personally and interpersonally. What I mean by that is going with acceptance. One of the psychological needs is acceptance. You know, can I practice self-acceptance? Can I accept these parts of myself? like I mentioned avoidance, right? repeatedly. Yes. That's one of my ad- adaptations. One of these things I'm working on therapeutically. I have this avoidance of certain things. And so, can I accept these parts of myself, not necessarily that I agree with them, or want them to stay the same, but I can accept them, right, as they Uh are. And then, of course... To let
1: go of judgment of those things in you.
0: To let go of judgment. Yeah, well said. Well said.
1: Okay. And
0: then, of course, interpersonally as well, especially by those we care about. It's like we want acceptance by those we care about. And so both personally and interpersonally, that's how we come to, to thrive in life and how we feel like content. And that's also how we we may have on a resume, we all hear about people who are super wealthy, super well-connected, super accomplished, who are maybe severely depressed or who have drug and alcohol issues or Are otherwise struggling. And the place to look is, you know, how are you doing with your psychological needs? That's essential. And so, with speaking and communicating, whenever we're communicating something and making requests with our friends, our family, our coworkers, whoever it may be, foundationally, are we helping them, you know, our teammates at work or whoever it may be, are we helping them? to feel understood? Right. Are we helping them to feel accepted? Are we feeling connected with them? Do they feel safe and secure in this space and relationship? Do they sense that they have a p- sense of power and control, both personally and interpersonally? Mm-hmm. You know, And then a sense of mastery. It's like, oh, you're growing. You're growing as a person and you can practice your strengths and be encouraged to do that. And so understanding acceptance connection, safety slash security, power slash control, and then mastery, mastery. just to repeat.
1: It's funny you said that because I'm thinking, you know, if I don't have a Lamborghini, does that mean that something is missing in my life? And should I feel like there's a Of course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you must have a Lamborghini.
1: And and here's the interesting part about this needs, like you said, if you think of, and I know when you're in South Africa, you went to all parts of my country, just like any other country, you've got rich people, wealthy people, you've got middle class, you've got ones who are struggling. And sometimes it amazes people that people who literally have nothing materialistically are some of the happy some of them are some of the happiest people. I mean, they may go to the city and feel like, my life is missing something but when they're back in their villages there's that level of happiness that some of us even city dwellers don't experience sometimes
0: yeah definitely and i experience that you know in umlazi and Guadabeca and elsewhere where people who are what what can we say lower on the socioeconomic
1: economic what you consider working class in in first world countries yes
0: yeah but they're well-connected in their communities. They're often family-oriented. Their doors are often, you know, open, you know, in, a, in a matter neighbors. of speaking, like to neighbors. Yeah. And, you know, with with your experience, I mean, you've lived in, for decent periods of time in three different countries, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, if I remember correctly, of course, growing up in South Africa and then South Korea, and now in the United States, I mean, with, with your experience in these countries, did you experience with the question and what you're describing, were some of these people who did not have Lamborghinis <laughs> or, or maybe who didn't have a vehicle at all, Yeah. you know, did you see people who were getting their psychological needs met, you know, through a sense of being understood, accepted, connected? Safety and security, power and control and mastery. What was their life like? How were they doing as far as their well-being?
1: As we mentioned earlier, so I grew up in a apartheid. It ended when I was 18. So the first 18 years of my life, I lived the names that you mentioned earlier. That's what they call the township equivalent of what they call the hood in America. So the shops were very far. You know, you needed your dad to take to come back from work and take you guys if you have a car, unless you take the bus to do groceries but the little things before the end of the month for the big family groceries if you run out of sugar if you run out of rice whatever it is beans you take a cup and your mom says go to the next door neighbor and they happily happily give you a cup of beans that your mom's gonna cook for you for dinner And then on a different day, they're gonna send their kid to your house for a cup of sugar, because they run out of sugar before the end of the month and dad gets paid and we go do groceries. So that level of connectedness, community spirit, and more than anything, there's no sense of judgment because I feel that the more materially we achieve, there's always a one, a lack of satisfaction with what we have. We, We always feel like we could have more and do more and earn more. And so if you live in that environment, you don't have that, I just got to keep doing more. I got to keep doing more. You you are very quick to be content, if that makes sense.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And if, if I'm hearing you, a lack of judgment, or
1: mm-hmm. perhaps
0: in, a, in other words, acceptance of the other, acceptance of the circumstances, acceptance that, oh, today what? you need a cup mm-hmm. of beans. And then tomorrow, you know, next week, I'll need a cup of sugar or some potatoes or whatever it may be
1: yeah and we don't judge each other to say you're so poor you kind of afford beans no the, it's not that we focus on different things on different human connections during that era rather than what do you have let me compete what do you have in your house that i don't have we, we did not have that. it's not even something that crossed our minds i don't know if that makes sense because we were focused on different things It's like, even if you go to those villages today, you know how sometimes people say, I'm going to feed the starving kids in Africa. We were not starving, but we were. And they go to those very remote villages where literally it's by the border of another country. And those people are happy. They don't have much, but they're happy. You can see they're not faking the happiness. You know what I mean? And so back home, I remember when a few years ago and, and we'd hear things like, This celebrity had anxiety. That Hollywood person is committed suicide. You know what I mean? We barely have low suicide rates. And we used to say ourselves, with all that they have, what could they be missing for them to get to that level?
0: That's a great question.
1: So it's back to what you said, these psychological needs are internal and they start with you internally, you if you don't accept yourself no matter how much acceptance i display off you it's not going to be received because it it hasn't started with you first you're not even going to recognize that that roberta is acting like she's accepting me right now (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. yeah Mm. yeah well said and if we don't accept ourselves all our parts all our our whole selves then we often play a role or we put on a mask of some sort you know Growing up male in the United States as an example, it was not socially acceptable to show, to express sadness, embarrassment, disappointment, or emotions like that. That was not socially acceptable. Do you know what was socially acceptable?
1: Yeah, growing
0: up as male in the in the United States to show anger, right? Huh. You can be angry. But if you're sad and you're crying about something or disappointed or embarrassed, oh, there's like, don't do that. Especially in sports growing up. It's That's like,
1: interesting oh. because sometimes anger does lead to you crying if you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm literally blowing up right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's, you know, males were showing anger, expressing anger was socially acceptable. But then on the other side, for girls growing up, in the United States, showing anger, mm, not acceptable. Like the the social message was often, you need to be nice and being angry is not being nice. So you can be all these other emotions, but you can't be angry. And that's not accepting, not accepting the emotional state. Like, of course, girls get angry. Of course, yeah, boys all- get embarrassed. But if we don't allow them to to be fully expressive, we may shut down these parts of ourselves, these important parts of ourselves, and we become less whole. And then we learn that we can only be accepted if we're nice, or if we're getting good grades, or if we're performing well at work. That's how I get accepted. That's how I get love.
1: It's conditional.
0: Which is a sad message. That's a hard message that many of us are dealing with. All of my clients have some, and I deal with well-functioning people. You know, I deal with people who are doing well at work. They, they're in relationships. They're, you know, all these things from the outside. It looks like they're succeeding well, and they are to a great degree. And there are some deeper, more important things going on. In my opinion, that's all of us, all of us, those of us who we may appear to be doing well and all of that we still have many things going on and to work through. And so meeting these emotional, these psychological needs, again, both personally and interpersonally is like the game changer. You know, understanding our psychological needs, it's often helpful to look at the opposite. You know, look at the opposite with these six psychological needs. So understanding, acceptance, connection, safety, security, power control, and mastery. What's our experience with feeling or having a sense of being misunderstood? Do we have any experiences there? What about instead of being accepted, being rejected or being left out? Or instead of connection, uh, loneliness? I'm the odd one out. What are our experiences there? What are our experiences when we have not had our psychological needs met well? And we all have missed out at times on getting our psychological needs met. Safety and security, you know? Have we had times where we've been, we felt very unsafe or insecure or in danger or power and control? Have we felt out of control or as if we're being controlled or the sense of powerlessness or instead of a sense of mastery, have we had a sense of failure? Have we had a sense of chronic or ongoing failure? Like, whatever I do, it doesn't matter. No matter how hard I work, I can't budge. I can't move forward. I can't get over this hump. Looking at the opposites is very important because that's the recipe for traumatic experiences.
1: And that's when you actually, if you ask the right questions, you might peel the layers and start to get to the root cause.
0: Yeah. And again, that can be very helpful. It can often be hard to do just as an individual. Although meditation and spending time in nature and sometimes prayer can be helpful with that. But if we're really going to do that work, it's often interpersonal. It's like with with someone else. If nothing else, a confidant, but someone who can guide us somewhat and be curious with us and help us explore these areas and unpack these areas with acceptance, understanding, and connection.
1: Right. Which begs the question if those are the challenges you are having internally, how do, because you counsel couples, when they come to you, how do they cope if one or both are struggling with the internal psychological needs we've spoken about, even if the other spouse is busy giving you that stuff, trying to fulfill those needs?
0: With couples' work, my opinion and experience, couple's work must have individual work. Each of them must be doing their, or have done, a significant amount of individual work where they can come together as a couple and do their work, some of their work together. If they're not uh, either somewhat mature enough or therapeutically advanced if those terms don't sound too pretentious
1: um, <laughs> okay. we fully get you know
0: <laughs> if they're not therapeutically advanced enough then the same patterns that they experience in their relationship will just they'll experience that in the therapy office but if they do their own work first it can be very much complemented as they do couples work or to your question that's where we can reflect and question am i fulfilling my own psychological needs to a great degree or am I relying fully like very heavily on this other person to fulfill all of my psychological needs that can be a tricky kind of imbalanced situation if I'm relying all on you to help me feel understood accepted connected safe secure power and in control and then a mastery and mastery then that's too much responsibility for you. And that's a recipe for you to fail in some way and for me to crash and perhaps become resentful towards you because you're not fulfilling all my emotional needs. Again, both personally and interpersonally.
1: Mm. So in a way, sorry to interrupt you, know, In a way, it's kind of not my spouse's job to fulfill those needs if I don't work on them myself first, to feel fulfilled before they come into the equation?
0: Ideally, I'm working a lot on that on my own. And then certainly having contact points. Do I want to feel understood by my significant other and accepted and connected? Of course, of course. This Mm -hmm. is so important in relationships. And whose responsibility is it to fulfill my psychological needs? Mine. It's right. my responsibility to fill, fulfill my psychological needs. And again, ideally, I'm doing that both personally and interpersonally, as in perhaps making requests. If I have something important or something heavy that I'd like to share, I may come to you and, and say, Roberta, can I share something with you? And and as I share it, will you just try to listen and understand? Right. That's a little request from my end, right? It's like, will you just try to understand me? It's like, will you help me fulfill at least one of my psychological needs of feeling understood? I mean, I know you're an excellent listener.
1: (laughs) I wish, but thank you. (laughs) And also, let's talk about how you communicate to your spouse because you know how sometimes you are angry by the time you make the request. You either say, you never make any, make me happy, you never do what I say, versus what you just said now, which is, will you help me get to this point? Maybe it's the languaging of the request, not that it's it's a bad request at all.
0: Yeah, certainly language is important. And and you know that and you're teaching that the way we request something matters. You know, that's the difference between demanding you never do this for me. You must do this right now. And I don't care if you're doing whatever you're doing that's important to you. You need to be here for me right now. I mean, that's different than are you willing to listen to me for a few minutes? I'm struggling with this thing that happened at work or whatever it may be. Like it's it's different, right? Mm -hmm. But I can also add that there's a reason why we may blow up or be frustrated or almost have If this isn't isn't too strong of a a word, it's as if we're having a tantrum, even as adults. Like, oh, you're not doing this. You're always, you're never, you're this or that, almost as if we're having a tantrum. And that's often because if we're to that point, it usually means we may need a nap, or we may need a sandwich, (laughs) (laughs) or we may be deprived in some other essential way, including we may not be feeling understood. We may not feel accepted, accepted connected, a sense of safety and security, power and control or mastery because it's similar. It's very similar. If we're sleep deprived, we'll get irritable, we'll make mistakes, we may become resentful if and we're yeah, really blame hungry. It on
1: babies <laughs>
0: and we, and we blame it on the babies yeah. <laughs> They're a contributor. To sleep, mm-hmm. <laughs> sleep deprivation, for sure. But it's it's the same thing. If we're not properly nourished with our psychological needs, we'll become resentful, we'll become desperate, we'll become perhaps bitter. If it goes on kind of chronically, we'll become nihilistic, mm. right? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, who cares? Apathy.
1: Indifferent, Apathy. Indifferent. yeah.
0: Because yeah. I've been trying so hard to get my psychological needs met and and nothing's working. Why would I keep trying?
1: Do your teenage clients know how to articulate their emotions like that when they come to you?
0: Mostly no. However, I'm I'm generalizing. Mm -hmm. Adolescent girls tend to be more articulate and more in tune with their Mm -hmm. inner state. Boys tend to have a harder time with that, both understanding their inner state, their emotions, and being able to articulate it. That's a generalization, but... A lot of averages
1: say it's it's more the girls being able to say, this is my problem. This is how I'm feeling.
0: Yeah, yeah. Girls Mm -hmm. tend to be more introspective and articulate. They tend to get there a bit quicker than boys.
1: Right. Any last words, anything I haven't asked you you were hoping to share with us today?
0: Yeah, actually, just, you know, emphasizing the same points, but perhaps in different areas of life, Mm -hmm. right? If we're feeling worn out, if we're feeling exhausted or powerless or just unfulfilled, a great place to start is with the question, are my psychological needs being met well? Are they being met well? Am I nourished psychologically? Again, I know I'm on repeat here, both personally and interpersonally. Do I feel understood in my life? Do I feel accepted by those I care about and who care about me? Do I feel connected with them? Do I feel connected with myself? Do I feel connected perhaps with something greater than myself? Do I feel connected with perhaps nature or a greater purpose or the divine or the universe or whatever it may be? And do I feel safe and secure? In my own life? Do I feel secure in, in my relationships? Do I feel safe, like I can make a mistake mm. and still be okay in a relationship where I don't need to be perfect in order to be accepted? Do I feel a sense of power you know, over my own life in healthy ways, again, both personally and interpersonally? Am I connected and working as a team or at work or in my community or with my family or friends? And then mastery of course it's like do i feel like i'm overall succeeding in my own life am i growing if i want to do better do i have a sense that i can put effort into that and grow and make improvements and move toward that goal and do better and be better and and all of that this is the psychological food this is the psychological sleep this is the psychological oxygen that so many of us are deprived of and many of us are trying to fulfill that need through, like, social media, which is, like, trying to fulfill our nutritional needs by eating cotton candy, for the most part. Wouldn't
1: that be nice, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I'll just get nourished by eating cotton candy. I'd where love for may...
1: my nourishment to come from cheesecake, but I know the effects <laughs> of that and how much yeah. it would work against me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: where we know we're getting something, but it's not nourishing. It's not filling us up. it's not taking care of us and then we become malnourished and desperate and we may get our try to get our emotional needs met in in unhealthy ways you know through substances, yeah. through unhealthy relationships, through a desire for power and control. and I know I'm being long-winded but focusing on power and control for just a second where we've seen this play out horrifically and tragically throughout human history where people try to fulfill this need of power and control over other people,
1: right?
0: including with apartheid and in many ways, exercising power and control where it's unequal. You know, it's like we have power over you. We have control over you. We feel powerful because we're right into our law that we are better than you
1: mm-hmm. or
0: in the early days of the United States that People of African descent are only three quarters of a person, or that women are only three quarters of a person. You know, this is like exercising power over, this is an incredibly unhealthy way to fulfill our emotional needs. But this is what we do if if we're not careful. Us as human beings, it's this incredibly important responsibility to fulfill these psychological needs in healthy ways, both personally and interpersonally, because history is full of examples of trying to satiate our emotional needs in incredibly unhealthy violent murderous ways so i can't right. emphasize the importance enough of taking care of these making sure we're nourished eating our psychological kale and blueberries and and and, he- mm. and pure water you know that's my long-winded last rant i suppose <laughs> thank you for indulging me.
1: (laughs) Wisdom from Noel Kunz. (laughs) Oh, we needed to hear that. We certainly did. Thank you for those words of wisdom. My friend of 20 years, Noel Kunz, who is the founder of Volition Counseling, helping teens, couples, adults, and families with their mental health needs. Thank you for all those psychological needs, dietary requirements that we will be working on. We appreciate you being on the show today.
0: Thank you very much, Roberta. Pleasure to be here with you. And thank you to all your listeners as well.
1: My pleasure as well. Before you go, where can we find you online?
0: Yes, at uh, VolitionCounseling.com. And perhaps you'll provide a link because that's uh, a long, difficult one to spell but I can spell it if you want.
1: I'll put it on the show notes, yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and so that's my website. That's where you can also find more information about psychological needs, including suggestions on how to fulfill these in healthy ways, both personally and interpersonally, with a handful of suggestions for each. Or you can email me at noel, spelled N-O-E-L, at volitioncounseling.com. And I'll be happy to speak with any of your your listeners further about this topic or otherwise.
1: Quick question. Since COVID, do you also do online consultations?
0: I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. COVID kind of opened, really opened the world up to more video like this, right? So yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Definitely. Put that through. on
1: the show notes as well. Okay.
0: Yeah. Happy to connect through video. Excellent
1: yeah. stuff. Thank you, Noel don't forget to subscribe my pleasure thank you for joining the speaking and communicating podcast once again if you are willing to be on the show to discuss your communication challenges and see how we can help please book a slot on my calendly and the details are on the show notes we are so glad that you've joined us we have more special guests who will be sharing more leadership tips and strategies on this show in this month of February, in addition to our first couple interview, who will be discussing the role that communication has played in their marriage. So stay tuned for more episodes to come.